This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. to three peeps in a podcast robin's review it's only match day three in the championship and we've been through all the emotions already a win a draw and a loss and after the controlled and dominating display at millwall last week we were buoyant nigel opted to make two changes to the side that started the millwall game and birmingham really took the game to us and ran away two nil winners matt is with me as always and matt as i say we were up and buoyant after that uh, that Millwall 1-0 and expected a better performance today, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I think you, you couldn't be any further away from that Millwall performance. Um, you know, a really controlled performance, but still entertaining from that point of view. Um, and today it's difficult to to describe it anything else than rubbish, really. Um, <laughs> And I've heard a few people coming in sort of saying how Birmingham weren't that great. And I actually thought Birmingham looked pretty decent. Um, I thought they moved the ball quickly. Um, everything we did was slow and ponderous. Um, so many misplaced passes. And it, I think it's probably put a few people a bit of a, a reality check on it because I think we'll probably see more games like that that we've seen today. Um, and yeah, it was it just wasn't very good, was it? Lee's three words were bitterly disappointing performance and we'll come to our check-in Matt I think I'm frightened to ask you how you are out of mm. 10 after after that we're recording this unusually for us at half six on uh on the on the Saturday so uh it's all a bit raw at the moment yeah I mean I'm 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 probably a five mate it was that bad um yeah I'm I'm really going to struggle to find too many positives for, for today's game I've got to be honest yeah so yeah five um, I'll go with a six. Um, you know, I as much as we let the game, uh, the these games and the, and the Bristol City games affect our our mental health. Uh, I'll, I'll um, I'm I'm looking forward to some sort of takeaway. That's my that's my uh, my golden horizon is that I'm going to have <laughs> some sort of takeaway very very shortly. Uh, right, let's bring in our guest. He played 161 times for Bristol City. It's Joe Burnell. Joe, how are you out of ten after the performance today? Probably, yeah, five, similar to Matt, a five, I'd say. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, right, let's talk about the, the starting lineup then. So two changes, Joe, from that performance at Millwall. I know you watched that game from afar. So uh, Max O'Leary in goal, Tanner, Viner, Dickey and Pring across the back, Matty James and Joe Williams holding midfield, Cornick, Knight, Mimetti, and then Sam Bell up top. So he, he, he made a couple of changes, which you don't, always see after a winning performance yeah I, I saw it as a positive positive change I must say Naki Wells I thought was poor against Millwall um, so I, I actually foresaw that happening um, I think the problem he's got is he's obviously elected for Bell up top which didn't really work today it was hard for him not great service uh, but he struggled to keep the ball hold on to the ball when it, when it did come through to him and, and certainly looked more positive when he when he went to his more familiar role we've seen him of late on left midfield mm. Um so, so I, I mean, yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised with some changes, but, but not, not necessarily in a bad way. I'm all up for changing and keeping it fresh, but it, it certainly didn't work today. Matt Sykes apparently had a had a late fitness test in the week uh, and was good enough for the bench. Were Nigel's words before the game? Um, so, your thoughts on Cornet coming in for Sykes and then that change up top with Ametti coming in and Bell going up? Yeah, 
Cornick, I thought, actually played well against Millwall. I thought when he came on, he, he sort of put himself about and and showed a bit of, I don't know, a bit of desire and stuff. So again, I want, I want, I didn't know that about Sykesy, so that's not a big surprise. The Sam Bell one, uh, you know, yes, Naki, um, by his own admission, I don't think he feels he's hit the ground running. I just don't know that I would have gone Sam down the middle. Um, if if you're playing a way where you're getting in behind them, then that works. But I think Sam then, you know, that's why when he switched to, to what, the, the, the left. Option, but, yeah, well, I, I probably would have gone Cornick. Down the middle. I'd have probably gone Cornick down the middle, Joe, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I, I totally agree with you and I would say the yeah. same thing. But other yeah, than I that, just, I don't think there's any other options. At yeah, moment. no, I think you're absolutely right. And, and you know, you're not going to chuck um, Ephraim in there from that point of view. But I just feel with Sam... Especially against two sort of big centre halves. I mean, um, is it Sanderson their captain? Um, but the, yeah. you know they, they've got a couple of big centre halves there. Um, the thing for me is we don't. I suppose we did a little bit when Sam went out left. We we don't get the ball wide enough, quick enough, and then get the balls in. So you're relying on Sam to try and hold the ball up, and that's just not his game. He's not going to do that, especially against two sort of centre halves like that. But yeah, I, I don't. The team didn't surprise me. I, w- I wasn't coming away thinking, or at the start of it, thinking, oh, what's he done that for? I think they were probably decent calls. He also said... Sykes was, you know, not fit. Yeah, he also said, obviously, Bell, why Bell was the question posed by Ali Durden before the game. And he said, well, he's got pace and he's a finisher, which is true. True, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is true. But, yeah, for me, for me, I mean, I'd have stuck with Wells and Bell. I, I maybe he was trying to get Mametti on the pitch uh, yeah. and that having Sam Bell up top gets gets both Bell and Mametti on the pitch. But it was an interesting one, and I was a little bit surprised. But I, before the game, I was still thinking that we had a chance and and we would go out and, and perform. But the other, the other option was Naismith instead of Williams. If you're fit enough to be on the bench, Joe, surely you're fit enough to start? Well, it's still it's different because you need a match fitness to to start the game, and I think Nigel probably with with his injury worries he's had, he will want to manage that as well. So you, you, there is more to it than just shoving someone in the, in the starting lineup, and you know with his philosophies and whatever else, I'm sure you know he thinks deeply about putting putting someone who's been injured for a long time straight back in the starting lineup. So he, but he's definitely knocking on the door, and I think he's he really. I think Naismith will come back in. Yeah. There's little things aren't lost on me today. So he, he he came on the pitch today, and one of the early actions is he screamed at Tanner for not throwing the ball to him. Well, yeah. one nil down, you need to you know get some tempo going. And Tanner was just slowly like the rhythm of the game slow. And yeah. I saw Naismith screaming, saying, "Come on, give me the ball! I want the ball now!" And I thought that's really what we were missing today. So I I, I see him coming back in. Yeah, well, probably ne- next game. I would have thought. Uh, Joe, I've seen you do that many a time, playing for City and in five-a-side, and there's not enough of that goes on for me. No, well, I think the, the the talk with Nigel when he came in was that he would, you know, he would, and he's done that, don't get me wrong, I think he's, there's a different being a, a change of culture, certain personnel have left, which I sort of agree with. But maybe it's a modern game as well, to a degree, you know, but we've we, we've been crying out for a few characters recently, yeah. and I, I really thought he would, if anyone, he would recruit them. Yes. Um, a leader or two we speak about leaders but I just think it's an energy I think we lack an energy and and that comes from from a physical presence as well and yeah. uh, and I, I really hoped in the summer they would recruit some pace some power you see the championship you see how strong it is I mean you look at Birmingham today they were they were a lot quicker to the ball physically a lot stronger than us quicker and I just wish we we, we were a little bit more in that department mm. but Matt, Joe it- how, how many years have we been saying that 
it just seems like I, I don't I don't get what the management and the coaches and everything what they don't get about that. You know, we come up against a yeah. team like Birmingham, like your Stokes, like your Prestons. You just have physically stronger and energetic midfielders, and we just can't cope. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple of things there to be said. So, firstly, you've got your recruitment. I don't know who who does exactly the recruitment there and how much Nigel's involved or whatever else. But ultimately, we need to start bringing in more uh, physical players, in my opinion. Yes. So that that's one. And then also, you talk about an energy on the pitch, or you know, first to the ball, or screaming for the ball. Well, you know, that then does come from the manager. That's got to be the direction of him when they go out. So, can you remember from kickoff? This is from my memory. I believe Birmingham started with kickoff, and they yep. almost got in very quickly. Hogan had a header. Yeah, 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 and yeah. broke down the line. Um, that I would say is is you've either got good players, experienced players, well, that's coming from them, their direction, but more than likely that probably coaches into them, and that's what they're they're set up to do. So I think we need to be set up to yeah be doing similar, similarly style of play, pattern to play, um, and yeah without being part of it. But I can only I, I wish for that as well. Yeah, and Matt, obviously the the first home game, the first half was was very quiet. Not a lot happened, and it was kind of like that today. But I thought Birmingham offered a lot more than Preston did. They did, um, and and like I said, I think they they had a physical presence, but they moved the ball around quickly. They had Bakuna wide um, and Dembele, um, the ex Peterborough lad um, <clears throat> who went to Bournemouth but it didn't work out, was quick and and it just felt like so. Sam Bell's quick, but when Sam got the ball, there was no, he had no options. Numerous times he got the ball and there was no one close to him. You know, you, you've got George, you've got Campring. They go forward, but then they haven't got any other option but to go back. And everything we did today, it was almost a carbon copy against Preston, like you're saying, mm. that everything was sideways, square. No one's receiving it on the angle and knowing what they're doing with it. It just, it, yeah, it was devoid of any tempo, devoid mm. of any tempo. Right. Let's go through some of the key moments then. So third minute, this is what you just said, Joe. So it was a well-timed tackle by Cam Pring after Birmingham came close with that header over the bar moments after. So not only did they have the header, Matt, but it was also a well-timed tackle from Cam that had to be well-timed. Otherwise, it was going to be a penalty in the third minute. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was the one that um, Max O'Leary threw the ball out to him and he wasn't quite ready for it and then had to break back in and make that tackle. But... Um, there were a couple like that, just, just just sloppy play. But you know, Joe Joe sort of point there. Birmingham right from the off, and then because of having that impetus, they kept going. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I heard on the way back that we had something like sixty odd percent possession. But it's that Amazing. safe possession again. And you look at that, and you thought Birmingham never looked in any danger to me. They looked comfortable throughout. And you, I, as soon as Djokovic came on, I said that he'll get a goal now. You know, they're, 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 especially after what happened with Dicky, which we'll talk about. But yeah, it was, it just felt patched that we were a little bit slow out the blocks and then struggled to really get any kind of rhythm into it. Yeah, it was 64% possession. Uh, but yeah, the, which the key, the key stat, the key stat is zero shots on target. And I think that's three now in three games or something like that. And, is well, that we a had result? one last week, didn't we? And then, yeah. yeah, it must have been, I guess, the the um the one on against Preston, wasn't it? Or two against Preston. Yeah. Okay. 18th minute, Mehmeti getting on the ball quite a bit now. Almost brings one out of the sky, but just loses control. And then he does well to get to the byline, pulls it back, but Cornick just can't get his shot away, Joe. Uh, so Mehmeti, we've seen him in fits and starts. He started really well when he signed, but was getting into the game, but just not that killer, killer pass. Well, it was obvious. I'm a big 
again, in terms of recruitment, I'm glad they've they've looked for a lower league. I've watched him quite a bit, a few connections with Wickham, and uh, he certainly did really well at Wickham. So I was quite excited to see him. You know, he's an absolute trier. He's a really good kid. Um, he's just finding his feet really in the championship. And what I love is he doesn't give up. So all the times he's out there, he doesn't stop. Um, that particular moment, or today for that moment, he was up against a chap which I was told was signed from Manchester United, the right back. He did go off. Laird. Yeah, Laird. But yeah. He, he, I mean, in all fairness, he got no change out of him whatsoever. He was uh, he was physically superior. Um, and yeah, he probably came out on top and then he changed it. And I did hope we'd get a bit more success when that chap went off, but didn't really quite work out. Yeah. But um, I mean, he huffed and puffed today. I can't knock him for his effort, but it didn't didn't quite work out for Mamete today, I'd say. Yeah, Matt, 21st minute. Mamete again, but he, it's, this time he doesn't receive the ball. He took up a lovely position uh, to receive the ball through pass from Knight, but it goes elsewhere. Uh, patient stuff, but almost too patient at times. One too many touches in some cases. And I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. You can spot the difference between watching the championship, watching the Premier League, they to take that extra touch and the pass just doesn't go quick enough. Mimetti yeah. was in a great position at that point. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I think, as I said, the, 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 the tempo and the way that we play today, no one seemed to have a, a, a an idea of when they got the ball, what they were going to do with it. Matty James, Joe Williams just weren't, weren't brave enough on it. Didn't, you know, and, and I know they're not, well, I, I, I was going to say, I know they're not creative, but actually both of them in their locker have had that. You know, Matty James was before he came to us. I know both of them, their class is defensive midfielders now, um, but it just felt Knight was on his own a lot of the time and he's kind of striding forward and he's on his own and there's no option with it. But but James and Williams for me today, just they, they weren't brave enough. And Nigel Pearson talked about it after the, the Preston game that we didn't kind of want to try and commit and didn't try and... We were just safe again, trying to take that extra touch, go backwards rather than forwards. And you're just not going to get away with it in the championship like that. You know, and I know Birmingham were on a bit of a crest of a run, made some good signings. Um, but not many would think Birmingham were going to be up there at the top, you know, top end of the season, come the end of the season, similarly with Preston. And both of them have given us a bit of a lesson, really, haven't they? 24th minute, it's a tough tackle on Bell. Knight receives the ball, plays it over the top to Cornick. He spots the run of Knight, but Birmingham deal with that one. Then it comes out to Bell, who's back on his feet on the right-hand side, and his shot is blocked. It's a decent corner then from Mimetti, which we have to praise, a decent corner. And Dickey heads over, and there's a collision of heads, and, and there's a bit of a stoppage in play. But a uh, couple of things to unpick there, Joe. Obviously, finishing off with the Dickey header is something we've missed in recent months, if you like, or just before the you know the second half of the season. Rob Atkinson was there, a threat from corners. Dickey seems to be that threat from corners for us. Yeah, and don't forget, we've scored from two or two goals this year. It's come from long throw-ins, which yeah. he's been part of. He's sort of uh, clattered into bodies. He's fallen down and we've capitalised on the second ball, the second phase. Um, worrying thing is we're talking about a long throw-in. Um, but we certainly had a lot of balls in the box, like you were speaking about. Um, but no no real threat on the end, you know, getting on the end of it or any real good ball to threaten, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then Dickie has a shot, Matt, from 30, 40 yards as well. I think that was probably just out of frustration. Yeah, and a couple of the, the, the guys around me were like, oh, what's he doing? But he has got that in his locker. He scored a, a few long-range yeah. goals for, for QPR and I think for Oxford before. Um, but like you, I think it was born out of frustration. Um, I think he just felt we, you know, we weren't, Birmingham weren't carving us open. But as the home side, we've got to commit a bit. And it's the old thing around the fans 
you know, for me, you've got to show it on the pitch for the fans to then really kind of get going in. Yeah. But I, I just it's blame you. It is. Yeah, it, it is, Joe. If you, you, you know, you're sat there watching, there was an amazing amount of noise coming from the Birmingham end. And, yeah. uh, you know, they were, they, they were creating this an energy and they were bouncing off the team and vice versa. Yeah. But you're right. At the times I, I played out there when it was quiet and you have to make a tackle, you have to do something, you have to have a good shot, a good bit of play. Sadly, none of, there was nothing we could excite no. the crowd today. In fact, I, can you remember a moment? I'm not sure. There, there was no ca- there was no real catalyst. I, I I like to say for 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 that moment, or even you know like a a, a massively blocked tackle or something yeah. that that's going to give yeah. the crowd that boost. So yeah, right, it's completely a two way street. Danny Wilson would always say, you know, you've got to go do that, make it happen, make a tackle, do something, or if you know whatever whatever your strength is, you know, go and do it. But there was there was nothing we could sadly get excited about today. Yeah. Thirty fifth minute, Matt Max makes a save from the shot from Bakuna, but it does drop in front of him and luckily bounces back up into his hands. Yeah, I I thought it was a decent save. Um, I thought Bakuna looked pretty good. To be fair. Um, caused a few problems in you know you'd expect Max to save it but yeah perhaps he got a little bit fortunate with it yeah 39th minute Joe is the first booking for Rob Dickey and uh, I think it was due to dissent um, obviously we know kicking now kicking the ball away kicking, kicking the, the ball, ball away. away there you go so that's yeah. always been the case but there's all this new role rule about not you know about um, trying to get yeah. other players booked or arguing with the ref and things like that but um, yeah a silly booking to pick up in the 39th minute kicking the ball away yeah, and you like you'll find out this year now. You just literally can't do it. I um I I supported Lewis Lewis Carey on Tuesday at Forest Green. They played Swindon, played very well, but they lost. Spent very similar. Centre half went off. Um, sorry, midfielder, and that was one of those was was descent, and it's going to cost teams this year. So I'm sure the clubs have been round and told. We're going to have to be, remain so disciplined, otherwise it's going to going to cost you like it. I mean, when he went off second half, you know, we had no chance then. Yeah. yeah, Sam Bell gets caught offside just after that, Matt, after a neat ball from neat through ball from Joe Williams. So Sam was trying to take up some good positions, but on this one, he was just offside. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd be interested to know. I know he's a finisher. I'd be interested to know with Sam how many times he's played as a central striker on his own and not with someone alongside him or, you know, in a three that's closer than, than we seem to be. But it, you can never fault Sam for his effort. He's always going to try and give you 100%. It was one of his, well, you know, that's not sugarcoat. It was one of his poorer games up until he went left. And when he went left, he got more in the game. Right in it, yeah. Yeah, a little bit frustrating that he kept wanting to come inside onto his right. And ironically, the best move of the game for us was when he hits a left foot one. So, um, you know, I'm not going to be overly critical on him, but yeah, he's always going to try. And and that one, you know, from where I was and I couldn't see how offside he was, but um, obviously the flag went straight up. Yeah, 43rd minute, Viner starts a breakaway. It comes out to Cornick and you, you just want him to attack the defend. sorry, attack the defender and get to the byline and whip it in. But Cornick comes inside. You know, Joe, over the years, having watched City for, you know, 30-odd years, we're used to having those players that, that, that attack the wing, whip the cross in, but Cornick seemed to just want to come inside and, and try and take a man on. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be that sort of player from what I've seen. Um, I don't think he's going to beat a player and get to the byline and, and, and put a ball in. And in all fairness, you don't see too many of those in the modern game, do you? The style of play nowadays very More much. wing backs. Yeah, wing backs keep keep possession. Don't don't risk trying to get past people. Um, but I don't think you, you you're going to see that. I think he's a, a, a different player to that. Hmm. Matt, there was. I think three... the thing is, sorry, Pat, just on right. on that. 
I think the thing is with Cornick, um, I was going to say he's dividing a lot of opinion. And I don't even know that he's necessarily dividing a lot of opinion. I think a lot of City fans just don't see what we've got there at the minute. Um, personally, for me, when I've seen Harry Cornick play for Luton, Harry Cornick was playing alongside Adebayo or Adebayo. Sorry, apologies. I forgot his name. Something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But a big, a big target man that he was working off. He hasn't got that. He's not. He might be able to run all day, um, you know. And I'm sure Joe can run all day now still. Wow. But that don't, that doesn't get you. No, sorry, Joe. I was trying to. <laughs> but that that doesn't. That's not going to get you. He's, he's not got the pace to get beyond and whip something in. Or I'm not even sure he's got the the um, the trickery. To, to, to get past the man and so I, I don't understand the bit around oh yeah he'll run all day and run all day you can have Mo Farah out there running all day and all day but if he's not going to be able to get the ball past the defender and whip a crossing or he's not able to join in with a, a target man and I, I do genuinely think it's making him look a poorer player than he actually is you know as I said I was I was really buoyed by his signing you know Swansea were talked to, to uh, being in the mix room as well and I was really glad we got him because he was a player that I often used to think about at Luton Christ yeah he, you know he'd be decent for us but we just don't play we seem to sign these players and don't then play to their strengths and get the best out of them and I think that's the case with Cornick um, and the way it's going, it's the, he's the sort of player that could easily go out on loan in January and then easily sign for someone else. And you kind of think, Christ, what have we spent now? You know, what a waste of money. There, there was three minutes of injury time, but there was only. But that, for me, I, I thought it'd be longer with this new rule coming in and everything. And there was a stoppage. There was a substitution for for Birmingham as well. So I was just what I just made a note. Three minutes didn't seem like long enough. Don't know if you felt that, Matt, as well. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how they're getting the timings. So the Southampton Plymouth game, I think was nine minutes in the second half. Is it a tombola? Um, do you think? I, I honestly don't know. And, and for me, if they're going to do it, and I know there's been a load of talk with, I think Pep and Klopp have said, you know, it's, it's an extra, however many kilometers that players are running, um, you know, and it's not good for more. So fine. I get all of that. But as, as fans who pay their money, you want to see the ball in play, just stop the clock for the moments that it should be stopped. And then we can all see where we are with it. And so, you know, we haven't got to wait then and see, well, what, what are they going to give? Yeah, it's all well and good keeping the clock going. But like you're saying, where was three minutes from? Mm, where yeah. was the six minutes in the second half? What was any different, really? Well, no trainers came on, I didn't think. A few more substitutes, but yeah, it's, yeah. A, bit, it's a bit odd. Uh, right, so 45th minute plus two, a Birmingham chance. is a great block by Zach Viner. Then a good save from Max O'Leary from the corner. Max doesn't connect with the ball. And then there's another corner, uh, which is where we concede our goal from. It's just not dealt with and smashed home by Miyoshi. Uh, so, Joe, never, never a good time to concede uh, at the at the end of the first half. Yeah, and I think I think the decisive corner, the final corner, because two in quick succession. I'm not sure if you watched that again. It was necessary to concede. I think a little bit more talking in the back, potentially. I forget the player, but could have just let it go Jason out. Jason Knight, I think, conceded that one. Right, it could have could have just gone out. But so then you're dealing with another, and you you could feel the pressure mounting. And uh, yeah, sadly, he fell unmarked in a box, and it was a great finish. Great was, finish, uh, and he looked he looked good, Joe, when he came on, didn't he? He yeah, was quick like, and you know, the, um, showed a bit the, of trickery to it. Going back to our earlier conversation about the energy or, or the style of play, I I think he he had a shot second half 
And you know what? It didn't get anywhere near the top. But I just loved how positive he was. Yeah. And the fact he went, you know what? I've got I'm having a go. On yeah. stage, okay, and I'm having a go. And I yeah. just thought that really epitomised Birmingham and the difference Agreed. between them and us. And, uh, yeah, and those little moments. Yeah. And and yeah. anyway, first half, he's, 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 yeah, it was a great finish. It was, it was a good yeah. goal. Matt, you were obviously closest to that in the safe stand. Do you want any different take on that? Um, I think I think Cam um, probably suffered as a result of that goal. I think that was part of the substitution. Um, Nigel Pearson's comments after the game kind of led you to think that that maybe he felt Cam should have done better in terms of marking the the, the eleven. Um, but we've just got to be stronger there. I mean, and 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 it comes back to. They, they had a number of big units there who just out-muscled us. Max couldn't get through. Ball comes over and it was just that pressure. But you, it's where, again, Joe's point about the leadership, it's where you need pe- players to be going, right, who's got their man? Who, what are we doing here? In you know, I think they they still seem to go a bit zonal. I couldn't believe how much room the guy had, if I'm honest with you. Um, so it was it was just a poor goal to concede and a really poor timing. And, and as I say, I think as a result, Cam, that was part of the reason why he got hooked. Okay. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Halftime summary from Rob. All very Preston, not making anything happen, no fluidity or ambition for from a side that we were told were playing front foot football, not inspiring, hoping something would happen rather than making it happen, all too safe and conservative. The front line have been feeding off scraps, midfield not showing any ambition. Very average opposition. Again, we've been no better, sadly. Need to force things more if we're going to get anything out of the game. Viner, our most positive player so far this half. Matt, any uh, qualms with that? Uh, other than I didn't, th- I thought I think it's slightly disparaging to say Birmingham were average. I don't think they were great, but um, I thought they, in, in the way that we controlled the game last week, they looked more likely this week. But other than that, I think he's spot on. Um, okay. You know, the mid, the midfield, the midfield won it for me last week, and the midfield lost it for us this week. I just didn't think there was any kind of, yeah, joined up movement, anything tempoed a lot. Yeah. Okay. So the two subs at halftime are Cornick and Pring coming off with Sykes and Roberts coming on. So like for like in both cases, Matt. But was there any surprise for you that it was at halftime and not in the sort of 55th, 60th minute as it usually is? Probably just that. The fact that it's usually then. um, I actually said he needs to make a change um, and thought it would have been Wells coming on, if I'm honest with you, and, and a change up top with... Um, in fact, I, I possibly would have taken Sam off and kept Mametti out there. Mm. Uh, that's the change I thought it was. Um, didn't really see Pring had done much wrong, but also, same extent, he didn't get forward enough. He didn't. We're not seeing Cam. Cam last season was getting into the box, and you felt we were going to get penalties because his trickery, his feet. He's not doing that at all this year, and I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's a partnership or what. Um, but Roberts, I think, has been impressive. And Sykes for Cornet, yeah, it was a bit of a no-brainer, really. Joe, I'm going to ask you a question now. Obviously, we've got a team where we've got two players for every position in the main, obviously, without injuries. But that must, for someone who's obviously 
got the shirt on that must breed that that feeling of i need to perform today um and on some occasions it doesn't yeah listen there'll be no player out there today who will be resting on their laurels no, you know and i don't fault any of their effort it's i i just actually think it's just a mindset and it's a collectiveness together which they're off it at the moment you know they're not what we've seen on their good days they've been been off it Millwall was a good away performance um they weren't necessarily dominant I think the stats may tell you that I think again it was one shot on target so but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't say that they're, they're, they're not trying or you know resting on their laurels it's just it's not working at the moment you know the system the style of play the Whatever you know, all of it is just not it's not happening and yeah, didn't happen so again today. The sum total of it all, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the 49th minute is a deep corner from Mimetti, and Ruddy just gets a touch to put Zach Viner off Matt at the back post. Um, John Ruddy, former Bristol City player of one game, <laughs> emergency yep. loan. Um, but he, he is a unit, isn't he? John Ruddy, he's a proper, do, proper do looking you know, goalkeeper. Do you know how old he is? because we were having a debate on it and I said he must be late 30s approaching 40 because he seems to have been around for years and yeah when we had him on loan um it and you well I can say unusually 36 36 yeah I said I think I said 37 um he got caught under it a little bit and was stretching that one I just don't think Zach expected it and and actually kind of gone past it he handled it anyway so um but you know in fairness to Zach he's he's trying to pick it up isn't he but yeah yeah, 51st minute, Sykes wiped out on the edge of the box. Chance for a free kick from about 20, 25 yards. And it's Mimetti who takes it. Good technique, but uh, it hits the wall. And um, Joe, obviously you played alongside Mickey Bell and Brian Tinian, and we haven't really had a free kick specialist since. No, I feel that today. It's, a, it's moments like that today where you want, if you could pull that out of the bag, it can really change things for you. And you're right, we don't we don't hold that really. I, I was actually wondering who was going to take the free kick before he stepped up, and of course he yeah. he caught the final man. But yeah, we could really could really do with yeah a, a threat from free kicks. Yeah, Matt. We, I mean, Pearson spoke in the past about signing a specialist, and I know he means about a specialist in a position. But yeah, be nice to have someone who can who can take you know take a free kick. And like Joe said, there we had no idea who was going to take it back in the you know early two thousands or not, late nineties. We would know exactly who was going to take it. Well, it seems as though I think I think if Naki Wells is on the pitch, he takes that because Naki seems to be our chief kind of um, attacking dead ball specialist from that point of view. I thought it was more lined up for Roberts really to try and curl it over the wall as opposed to Mimetti having to go for that kind of knuckleball sort of shot. That actually, how many times does that re- unless you're Ronaldo, how many times does that really come off? You need to be a bit further um, out for that for me. Well, yeah, and, and I just feel it's one of those, there's nothing more frustrating from a free kick as a fan that hits the wall. You know, and I, I used to say it to my nephew when he played, and 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 Tom Tom was always, and still is, really good on the, the dead ball. He takes all the free kicks and sort of pens for Cadbury Heath now. But I always used to say to him, you've got to hit the target. There's no, Don't hit the wall. Don't go too cute. Hit the target because you don't know what the keeper's going to do. And too often we don't, do we? Too often it's over the bar or, as today, it hit the wall. Um, and you just sort of think it's just a wasted opportunity again. Yeah. Birmingham on the attack in the 55th minute. Bakuna it is coming forward, causing more problems. And it just shaves the post, that effort, Joe. Uh, he was a real threat, wasn't he? 
Is that the, was that are we talking about the moment when he sort of walks through the midfield and then yes. the yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the one? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I listen. I, obviously, a big city fan, but I applaud. You know, if we see something like that, I applaud that. It was great. You know, it's great, great to see. Not from my point of view, but he danced his way through. I don't know three or four players, and yeah, it was unlucky. Really, I think he he hit the the out the outpost, which holds the stanchion at the back of the net. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, right. play from their point of view, not so much ours. 58th minute, Mehmeti off, Wells on, and Bell goes wide. Um, and I said, for me, this is how we should have started. And then Naismith coming on for Williams. So it's the 58th minute, Matt, where we make that change. And that's four changes then inside of 58 minutes. Yeah, the Naismith one, I think, was, a, again, the right call. Naismith, you know, wants to get on the front foot, wants to drive forward, takes a bit of a risk which Joe Williams and Matty James don't tend to um and and Naki was the obvious one and, and Sam gone out wide and then that's where you know I, I would have taken Sam off because I thought he was having that ineffective a game um but then when he went wide it started to happen and that that looked like the most likely route where we were going to get back into the game didn't it yeah and I've got written here Joe 62nd minute Sam Bell already causing problems on two separate occasions with his more direct running down the left yeah, he's a threat. He's got he's pacey. I think we, we spoke earlier. He doesn't give up. I love his work ethic. I love the fact yeah. that he does, yeah he he'll chase chase things down. And people you, and that brings me back to the point. Him, Cam Smith, um, sorry, Cam Prig. Yeah. Other than that, do you see much pace or athleticism no. in our side? I don't think you do. And yet you look at yeah. Sam, and you know he's one that you. Know, I actually look at. It, I think you know we we need a bit of that. You know yeah. with. You know, without his pace, I'm thinking, well, you know, who else have we got to threaten? Because it's great that you don't want to be playing against people like that who threaten you the other side and, you know, chasing lost causes, getting in behind. Um, and I just think we need more of it. And I, yeah. as for recruitment, please just get more physicality, more strength, more more pace is what, what, what we'd love to see and need. Yeah. yeah. 70th minute, Max makes a good reaction save after a diverted shot on the edge of the box. So it was a shot from distance, Matt. And then one of the, one of the Birmingham strikers was sort of on the edge of the six yard box and sort of diverted it goalwards. And Max had to really react really quickly and makes a good save. It was a good save. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good save. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I felt, I felt a bit for, for Max today because he's, you know, he's ended up conceding two goals against some of his distribution today was a little bit off. He went for a couple of quick throws and actually the, the, the player receiving the throw had a man immediately on him because I, th I thought Birmingham pressed pretty well at times as well. Um, and then a couple of his kicks kind of went out. Um, but yeah, that that was a good save. Um, one I'd expect him to make, but to keep hold of it was, yeah, good save. 75th minute, Dickey obstructs the advancing Birmingham player and a foul is given as well as a second yellow and then a red. Uh, mountain to climb now is what I've got written here, Joe. Uh, 15 minutes left to play with 10 men when you're 1-0 down and trying to get, uh, obviously get the equaliser. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've watched it back and it's unclear from the angle from the TV whether he's touched him or not, but... Yeah, he's made he's made the effort and and he's been given a given given a foul. What do you reckon about that one? Ref was close enough, wouldn't he? I think from, yeah. from memory, the ref was close enough, and he he didn't hesitate in his decision. He did it, you know, almost immediately. So from his point of view, he, he was obviously he had no yeah no second doubt in it. Um, but well, I thought we actually played 
arguably a little bit better with uh, well I, I, at which point they were protecting their lead away team they started to, to fall a bit deeper so that probably suited us a little bit yeah. but in that moment we yeah anyone would consider that we'd get back in a game with 10 men 1-0 down no absolutely I did not. think Patch yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you heard Nigel Pearson when Ali did and asked him about that um, and he sort of said what what you know what what are your thoughts on it and 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 this is I like Nigel Pearson but this is the bit that that pisses me off a little bit um and it's family similar show. Family show. yeah sorry yeah and it's similar with the other clang from across the city the local media have got a job to do so whether that's radio press or whatever they've got a job to do i don't think there's anything wrong with ali dirt and asking him what are his thoughts on that challenge and whether it was a sending off and for nigel pearson to turn around and say what 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 do you mean what 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 do you mean what are my thoughts was just i thought really contrite and you know all right he's probably fed up himself and he did, maybe don't want to say what he wants to say and that dicky was stupid to kick the ball away like he did in the first half and get a booking but don't don't throw it back at ali and say what you know what sort of question is that because of course you're going to ask him what he thought of the sending off it's an obvious question to ask I, I must admit i listen uh, every time ali durden interviews nigel pearson i listen from behind the sofa it, but it feels a bit like that, and and you you know Ali, like I know, you know, he's a lovely bloke, very very good at his job, has done far greater press than press, you know, radio broadcasting for Bristol City, you know, taught Wimbledon and all the rest of it all over the Olympics, all over the world. I just felt Nigel Pearson could easily have turned around and gone, well, you know, he kicked the ball away, it's a second yellow. I don't know whether he touched him, it's a red from that basis. I don't think he needs to be that flippant and and directly like that, and. And like Joe said, I, I think he, he gave the referee a decision to make. I think the bloke went down easy, but where it's such a high line mm. that he's he's through on goal, isn't he? Then pretty much. So it was always going to be a second yellow for me that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Tanner, sorry, Yaboa was stripped off, ready to come on at this point. Yep. Um, and I, I'm not sure whether it would have been someone different, but he opts for Tanner. Uh, and and obviously going for the still going for the equaliser at this point. But do you think Matt he was going to be going for someone else before that that um, that sending off? No, no, he was already stripped, ready to come on. No, no, um, but for Tanner instead of someone else. Oh, I don't know. Um, I guess probably Sam, um, because Mackie was on there. Um, mm. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah. And it and it's a strange one, isn't it? Because. I didn't like think Sykes, Sykes he comes back in to right back. I didn't he? think Sykes was was great necessarily with his end ball, but he did at least have an impact and was causing some problems. And then immediately he's he's pushed back to right back when you're already one nil down, trying to get in. I don't know if it's because you've got to bring your bow on and he's going to play up there, but it just it always feels a little bit. Plus, I thought George Tanner was having a decent game, but it is um it was to do with obviously the the sending off, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought he might move Naismith right back in. We'd really be scuppered but yeah 81st minute Naismith pings the ball to Bell lovely pass Bell takes it in his stride and that that was lovely control that puts the ball in yeah. front of him uh, just enough for him to run onto it whips the ball across to Naki Wells who should score um, but it's steered wide and I, I've watched this one back Joe and it's, it's hard to watch like, it's, well, it's, it's not it's, it's even easier than the Gaza chance at, at, in Euro 96 well you've got to hit the target right so yeah. if you hit the target, keeps making save, you go okay. But to miss the target, I think that's probably where Naki will be really upset and disappointed because arguably if he hits the target, it's going to be, I mean, keeper probably wouldn't get there, right? It would go, yeah, be straight in there. So 
and I've watched it, watched it on the replay live on at the ground, and uh, I don't see how he how he gets it wrong. Really, I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know if he was trying to cushion it into the bottom right somehow, but surely when it comes across that much pace, you're just looking for good contact and just punching it into the goal. Yeah. yeah. Matt. Sort of summed up, summed up, really. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously, Naki won't want to watch watch that one that one back. Um, but yeah, yeah I I thought my immediate was that he was stretching, um, and it was one of those that he just you know only got his toe on. But when you watch it back, I mean, as you say, Patch, great touch from Sam Bell, great cross, great and and because yeah, and because of. Naki is, has watched the ball go out. He's made a great run in between the two defenders. It almost feels a, a, a little bit like that Gaza one patch where he kind of doesn't think he's going to get there. And so it's almost half a stride behind it. Um, but when you look at it, he gets a really good boot onto it. He just doesn't direct it properly. And, and, and again, Nigel Pearson called it after the game. He said, you know, he, he's got a score there. He's got a score. Moments change games. I mean, that could be one yep. one, and we could be then, you know, uh, what a crowd gets up then, yeah, jo- or Joe's even going for a winner, a, you know, a, a tackle or whatever. A goal is nothing better than that. And how many times have we seen us score late and then create opportunities to go on and win it? So, yeah, what a different conversation that is, Joe. If he scores that goal, we're buoyant, we could even get a second one because we've got players on the pitch that would be more yep. up for it get that one two one this would be a completely different tone matt wouldn't be a five and he's five, five yeah. out of ten or joe joe was five as well, well. and joe well i i i always try and watch a game and, and and yeah it's not all of course it's all about the results but ultimately if you do the same things regularly ultimately you're going to get the same results yeah yeah so i see our performances and i see what we're getting for it and i think we're getting what we're getting what we deserve at the moment and um and yeah regardless whether you know we do turn it on the last 10 minutes you can't ignore the first 80 that you know you, you've got to address that and if we continue to be like this we'll continue to get these results yeah so I, I, I get your point Pat. if he scores it it's a different game well yeah. the result's different they've still they've still had 80 minutes where they've been been off it really if we're going to be honest yeah. they'll that follows on from a similar performance against Preston um, and, and both both sides when both stepped up a gear both look better than we did going forward. Um, and we could talk about, yeah, absolutely, Tommy Conway's injury is a big, big sort of miss for us. But it's not, that's not necessarily why we're not scoring goals at the moment. We're not, we're not giving the strikers any kind of opportunities other than that one today that Sam Bell put in. Other than that, I don't think a striker had a decent opportunity at all, but they also no. didn't create anything themselves. And that's where, and I, and I don't, I don't want to go, um, I don't want to go Djokovic as an example, a big target man. He's he's actually probably more mobile than he's given credit for. He was puffing I don't want at the to end his... after only been on the pitch, right? Exactly, five yeah. I mean, he is, he's in his 30s, isn't he? Late 30s, I think. But I don't want to see us go long. But I do think if, you, if you're going to play one, that one needs to be a player that... It doesn't have to be a six foot five, but a player that can physically hold the baller and play others in. That Hogan today, he's not massive, but he's physically strong and he yeah. can bring others in as well as moving off it. And we haven't got that. And I, I, I'm really concerned and I listened to Radio Bristol on the way back and I didn't agree with everything they got said. Um, but I'm really concerned that from a recruitment point of view, that that was an advert today saying we, we need at least one, but probably two or three 
to get us to Christmas and being in a place where we can still challenge top 10. Because that yeah. side today isn't challenging top 10. That side is finishing bottom of the table, you know, but bottom half of the table is going to struggle. Um, yeah. And agree in terms of the personnel for the 4 2 3 1. But whilst Conway's out injured and whilst we haven't got those other options, we we need to shift formation, in my opinion. Bell and Wells up top as a two would be a much different proposition to Bell or Wells up top. Joe, have you got any thoughts on that one? Well, um, he as I said, I think he made those changes because of Mill. Um I think as I said, before the game I was quite pleased he made the changes. He's there's reasons, there's injuries and whatever else. Um uh, you're 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 speaking about no. I don't actually, Patch. No, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with the formations. I don't agree with. Ultimately, he's got a set of players which aren't doing it in a moment. Yeah. The reason for that, I'm not sure. And you can go out and play four, five, one, six, whatever, seven, whatever formation you like. If you play like that and you play like Preston, um, or you start like you did against Oxford. I remember Oxford? They they started quite brightly from my memory. They had a couple yeah. of chances early on. Then we got into the game. Um, you know that that's that's going to happen. So I, I'm not really into all the formations. I think it's more about getting the best out of the players we've got, and they're good. You know, we've got some good players. We need some more players, obviously, like Matt's saying. But we need to get more out of what we've got at the moment and, and yeah. perform better. Yeah. Okay. Eighty fourth minute. It's two 0 The extra man shows as Birmingham attack, and it was a city trio of Bell, Yaboa, and Viner that fell to clear, and Jukovic taps it home. Matt. Uh, yeah, Bell and Yaboa back with Viner defending that one. It was quite a quick breakaway, wasn't it? They they sort of broke away, um, quick play, and and he's in the right place. But it was a, it was a good ball into him that he can then just finish. And and as I say, we had one of those today, which was the the Sam Bell cross. Um, I think we were obviously pushing, um, so it left some gaps there. Plus, we're we're down to ten men, um, so it's not. You know, it's not unusual, is it, to see a side that are down to 10 losing, end up conceding one, two, three more goals. Um, it was just... I mean, I suppose in some ways, it was probably more reflective of the game. I think I think Birmingham were probably 2-0 better than us today. Um, I think if they'd have gone away 1-0 and someone had seen, oh, 1-0, but Bristol City had 60% possession, mm. you might look in that and think, oh, maybe they were a bit lucky. They weren't. They fully deserved the win. And and I thought I thought they looked decent, Birmingham. Yeah. But again, with a number of new players that will take time to bed in and settle in, I thought they looked decent. Yeah. Well, 2-0 up with uh, 6 plus 6 left to go and the ground yeah. starts to empty. And I think, you know, all we can try and do is get something get something out of it nothing comes to nothing um once you get your spreadsheet ready matt for the ratings i'll just read out a few tweets okay so uh del bussy just say as well sorry mate just yeah, very yeah. quickly um i absolutely get the frustrations but the booing i cannot stand at the end of the game pay your money fine you know you can say do what you want but yeah um and there was one moment as well i don't know if you saw john ruddy's celebration when they scored the second no so john ruddy turned round to the south stand and was giving it fist pump sort of stood there like this um but in fairness he'd been given pelters by a couple of blokes behind the goal and they didn't like that he turned around and did that afterwards and i'm like sorry lads <laughs> if you're if you're giving it to him and i you know joe is an ex-pro um you know what that must be like getting cat called and all the rest of it and not be able to react but for him to turn around and just give it a couple of fist pumps i thought yeah fair play mate you carry on 
What, what impact does yeah, that have what... on you as a former player, as a player, Joe, in terms of booing at the end of the game? I'm sure you must have been on the end of of that in some capacities. Yeah, I can remember. I got, I definitely got booed once by the fans for sure. I think even when I came off once, I think they booed me like personally. Um, incidentally, on that note, which I think is relevant, um, uh, Joe Lowe, he got he he struggled on the debut, and yeah. uh, I wasn't pleased with fans at all that day. And I I yeah. sort of been there. You've got to remind yourself, you know, like we're, we're fans. We, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to anyone. But people no. do. It's a frustration. It's, ultimately, I guess they pay the money. You want to do it? You got to be fixed skin. You got to get through it. Um, but, but yeah, there's sadly, I think whatever you say, Matt, they'll always be there. You just deal with it. It doesn't yeah. help. Doesn't anyone. It's can, can, counterproductive. And but to see it done to, yeah, younger players, I draw the line yeah. in that. And I've, yeah, I've I've had words with people in the past when I played, and people have said things which they shouldn't have said, and I sort of. You know, because we're all human at the end of the day, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's that's that. But on that matter, Joe Lowe, um, yeah, he's left. He, he got another clean sheet today for those Did who he, follow yeah. the. Uh, he's already scored you know, a couple, hasn't so he? In, yeah, or two in a week, clean sheet. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's bad doing doing quite well. I tell you well, what. Well, we yeah, we've we've, in, we've have... said we felt it was just. A, a little bit like with Riley, and I know Riley's been taken out of the Portsmouth team at the moment, but I felt with both of them, it was too early. Let them have another loan if that's the case, but keep them around. You can't tell me that, and and with the greatest respect to, um, and I'm, I never get his name right, Aurora, um, that's on the bench now, and also Mike LaBelle. Joe Lowe's ahead of them, and he's proving that because he's playing professional. And what a club to have in the bag, Joe Lowe, six foot well, five it gives on you the something bench too as well. And let's not make make. Yeah, he had a poor debut, but he was also sold short with a really crap couple of passes that it cost him, he, he, which is going to absolutely annihilate his confidence as well. Um, yeah. I just felt he wasn't given an opportunity. Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult since it was only a debut. And I could see it, it sort of in him as he played that he was he wasn't at his, his best, probably nerves yeah. and whatever else. And it'll take a while to come through. Yeah. But, um, but I think, I, I, I guess, Matt, and again, I'm not part of the club, but I, I can only imagine that they let someone like that go because they they see that he'll block the pathway for others coming yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, um, absolutely. Maybe but a different like style of... Yeah. yeah, I think Patrick can have gone to say... If you've got a six six five, is he six five? Pat six six, yeah. and scored goals that level. Apparently, he's been outstanding as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I hope he's not one that will. Yeah. He could. He could. Yeah. He could have. He could play up in the one, hold the ball up, Matt, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fire up your spreadsheet. I'll give okay, a few, right. yep. give a few tweets. So Dell says uh, we all try and stay level headed, whether it's a win, draw, or getting beat. But the last two home games really do show how poor we can be. Little tempo. The build up is slow. The ball is moved slow, and yes, teams sit in, and both Preston and Birmingham created so many chances compared to us. Every team gets beat, but losing and not creating that in football is what frustrates us. Uh, Dr. Dean Allen, a desperately disappointing display from City against a solid but uninspiring Birmingham outfit. Our lack of goals in this team is evident, not helped by Pearson's bizarre starting selection up front today. Cornick simply not good enough. We need a number nine. Uh, and then uh, a Twitter handle analysis BCFC. I must say I could not understand that front three that Nigel Pearson went with. Wells has been below par and has never suited that lone role, but I'd rather get his physical strength and experience in the middle and allow Bell to sit, stay wide. So yeah, a few tweets there, Matt, and uh, come to you for the ratings. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I'll caveat this by saying that I'm a five and we're doing it unusually for us where I've not had a night's sleep to kind of calm down a little bit. So maybe some of these are a little bit harsh. I'll let you boys um, interject and, um, you know, if need be, pull it back up. But yeah, Um, Max, I've gone five. I actually thought he made a couple of good saves. Saves I'd still expect him to make, but he's also still in goal and we've conceded two and his distribution wasn't great. So hence the reason why I've gone five. That's a tough um, one, that isn't it? Because he's yeah. uh, he's made more saves today than he's made all season, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, he couldn't do anything about the first goal. Certainly, that was smashed past him, and then the second one, yeah, is on the run. So, can you but get again, a six? Uh, you can see two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but even with that first one, it is smashed past him, and the second one. But they're the saves where you want to go. Christ, how does he save that? Whereas the ones he's making. I'm going, yeah, I expect him to save that. So, like I said, may, maybe slightly harsh, but um, from a, a fullback point of view, I've gone five for George. George was one where I was kind of close to a six. Thought he got forward a little bit more today. But it, then even on saying that, he didn't really do anything with himself getting the ball in. I think there's a real, when when he's playing there on the side with Cornick, they just don't seem to join up at all and there's no real, you know, partnership, partnership there. No. Um so yeah, so it, it was a it was an okay game from George, but I didn't think there was an, enough from it, so I went five. Cam, I've gone four, and this one might be a bit harsh, but I mean he got hooked at half time, and I think fundamentally he's replaced him with another fullback. So he's over Nigel Pearson's obviously not been pleased with Cam's performance in that first half. He said he wanted to ch- change it slightly, I think it was his words, because they're, they're different sort of players, which I get. Um, so Cam, that might be a bit harsher for, um, but I went four for him. And then the two centre-halves, I've gone five for Zach um, and four for Rob Dickey. thought Rob Dickey was doing okay, actually, but the sending-off is just so stupid. Um, and, yeah... For, for, that, for that, a that's player what marks with, it down, really. He's for, probably a five, but the sending off gets takes it. Yeah, four. for a player with such championship experience, they're 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 two bookings that an experienced player shouldn't get. Is that? I I don't. Joe's played the game. I don't know whether he can not make a challenge for that second one. Um, he's got such a high line. Does he have to kind of at least put his body there, and then that gives the ref a decision? I don't know. But they're kicking the ball away yeah, as well, Joe. Yeah, yeah that's I stupid. A poacher player jumped, you know, jumped here, didn't he? The minute he yeah. had a bit of contact, he jumped on the floor, and the referee yeah. sort of, you know, what refs some refs can be like, they're quite quick to make a decision, aren't they, to make that yeah. So I think it's just one of those. The, the, the problem is, it's those little bookings before he needs to, you, you can't allow those. No, that's right. Um, midfield wise, I went five for Matty James. I thought Matty James. Was was below the par the, the the level that he showed last week considerably. I mean, he got a nine last week. Um, yes, he broke the play up a little bit, but but as the captain um, and in the centre of the pitch, he needs to be doing more in those kind of games. Um, and Joe Williams, I went for. I just thought it was is another performance from Joe that I I'd like to see Joe sign a new contract. But if Joe Williams doesn't sign a new contract, you kind of look at it and think. What have we really had from Joe Williams in the time that he's been here? He's not he's not consistent enough in putting a, a, a high level of performance 
that warrants starting in midfield week in, week out. I just don't, I'm just not seeing it from him. Joe Williams. And Joe, Joe, it's your position. So you know, you know, you can talk with. Well, we know what he's capable of, Joe Williams. He is that tough tackling midfielder who can pick a pass, who can who can go forward and, and come back. But yeah, I, I think obviously he's had a massive problem with injury, but he's now in yeah. the team and he should be putting in, you know, you're, as you say, Matt, six and sevens, but you've given him, given him a four. Yeah. Any thoughts, Joe? Um, I think Joe, when he, when he when he signed, and those moments we saw him in between all these injuries, he had this ongoing trouble. I was so excited to see him. Just what we yeah. needed a bit of a tough tackler. Not only that, he was he was crisp in his passing. He was because you speak earlier, Matt, about being creative midfielders or non-creative, yeah. whatever you want to say. If you're on top of your game, even if you're uh, I've never created anything, but if you're on top of your game and you're winning your tackles, you're first to the ball, just laying off the ball quickly to someone yeah. else. He's going yeah. to create something, right? Exactly, yeah. And that's what he was doing. And I think probably if he analyzes his own game, I think he'd probably be a bit disappointed at the moment. And I just I just wonder with his injuries. I, I just don't think we're seeing the best of him at the moment. And I, I think agree. There's, there's, a, there's a better level to him, which I saw before when he first signed. And I don't yeah. think he's got there yet. And that might just be a low after his injuries. I'm not sure. But um, I, I'm hoping to see more out of him. Yeah. But I think he, I think he, I think he was what we needed. But I think yeah. we're seeing it. We're not seeing it, and 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 it's an, it's still the area of the pitch that concerns me more than any other, more more than even up front with with not having a physical presence and not having Tommy Conway. I still feel centre mid is where, for me, is where games feel like they're won and lost far more. And I just don't know that. You know, I said about it last week with Andy King. For Andy King's a great pro. I think if we're winning two one. With, with 10 minutes to go, I bring Andy King on all, all day long. When you're losing a game, Andy King's not an option to come on. Um, so I just think that's an area where the recruitment, the ownership, Brian Tinney and Nigel Pearson, if they're not, look, well, they are looking at a midfielder because they were after the Bolton kiddie. We, you know, by all accounts, it was pretty clear we'd bid a million for him plus because um, Ian Everett, the Bolton manager, came out and said, didn't he? And he, he talked about us by name, mm. said that he was glad that he decided not to go to Bristol City. So we obviously are looking at that area. I don't know. I don't know that a, a technically um, wand of a left foot player is what we need in that area. It's that physical, you know, I, I, I get bored of saying it and there isn't another one like him, but that Marvin Elliott type yeah. midfielder, that box to box, energetic, but powerful player. I think Jason Knight, who I've also given a 5-2, I think he's got energy. He broke up a, a lot of the play today. He made a couple of really good pressing challenges. One we, we got a bit lucky with, but then broke away on. Um, but I think he needs someone who's got energy with him. And Matty James and Joe Williams aren't that. Both of them tend to sit in and around at the moment, the halfway line and not really getting forward in and adding to it for me anyway. Do you think, Matt, an option, um, presumably Naismith drops into the centre-back role to cover Dickey next game and then does Knight drop back into Williams and then Vyman maybe comes into Knight's spot? I, I think, I think Cam Pring might drop to the left side of the fence and Roberts come in for Cam. Okay. I think Naismith I would put in midfield with James Um and Andy Vyman probably, because Naki's off his game, if Andy Vyman's fit, I think Andy Vyman probably gets that central striker role, which is where he scored a lot of his goals. But oh, also where he's... Vimes, so the, he'd be the one yeah, in the exactly. three. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know that's really any different than Sam Bell. He's got a bit more nice than Sam because the games he's played. But physically, 
you know, they're very similar. Probably Sam has is actually got he's a quicker runner than, than Andy because of age more than anything now. But I could see you that know, happening. You know, when when I enjoyed watching uh, Vyman at his best is when he was running from midfield and he was breaking the lines at the back. Yeah, and there's nothing yeah. worse than you're playing against a team like that and they break. And also, if you're in possession, you've got that runner. You've always got that outlet. You've always got the forward ball you're talking about. Yeah. And I'd love to see Vyman back and and back to that time. Obviously, he was in a purple patch, but when he was yeah in free flow running yeah. lines, I mean that and that and then taking us back to it again. That is an athlete, right? Vyman yeah. will run all day, yeah. and I think yeah. he's desperate for that his return. And, and, if, and if he's uh, if he's got this, and that there is a, a medical term for it, in it, but this this sort of heel problem. I I don't know how how easy that is to get over. That is he likely to then be able to play? 90, 70, 80 minutes on Friday at Hull. I don't know. I don't know how close he is. I think he was back on the grass when he from from what Nigel Pearson said. But I yeah, don't know. I mean, Nigel was expecting him to be available for Hull. I think from what yeah. I could, from what I heard earlier in the week. I do I, again. I go, go back to it, but I do feel with this team, if you if you're going to play that one, if you've got a central striker that can hold the ball up and then lay your midfield, you know. Being able for night to feed off of someone and, and running in. Sam Bell going wide and having the ball. We just haven't got that. And and with any of the forwards, we've got Tommy um, by exception. None of them have got the greatest touch to hold it up. And none of them are physically strong enough that when you come up against a player like that, Sanderson today, they're not going to be able to, you know, they're knocked off the ball too easily, aren't they? So mm. I, I yeah. kind of was, was, was half hoping, and I might be in the minority, but with the Alex Scott sort of deal, I was hoping that Kiefer Moore might come the other way, even on loan because he hadn't been playing that much. Because again, he's pretty mobile, but he holds the ball up, and you haven't got to go direct all the time. You know, you can still play it. We never did it with Chrissy Martin well enough. Chrissy Martin was was decent, but we decided we would go to Chrissy Martin's head rather than playing it into his feet and let him hold the ball up like that. So it didn't work. So yeah, I. I I still think that's that's an area that if we're not looking at, I, I don't know what the coaching team and the recruitment team and Brian and everybody else are looking at on a match day because it's it's clear, it's clear to fans, you know. And then up top, I went um, Cornick four, obviously getting hooked, just doesn't have, any, didn't have any kind of impact. And Mametti five, Sam Bell five. Um, Sam was... Sam was probably a four, but his second half showing took him to a five. Um, Mametti, like Joe was saying, I, I like Mametti. I, I, I thought Anis today was a little bit more confident. It was a little bit more trying to go at the defender, but he was just up against a really good defender and just didn't, didn't get past him. Mm. Um, and then from a sub point of view, I mean, there's a theme there. Sykes was five. Um who else do we have? Uh, Naismith, sorry, was five, and Roberts was five. So all in all, um, an average of four point seven three. Lots of fives in in terms of man of the match. You choose. Give me a name because <laughs> all the games you've watched, you know, you can't. You typically you're going to get one or two play well, right? And then the yeah. other. You know, but I mean that. Just looking at those, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, don't like sort of rating players, but. You can't have that, can you? You can't have that many people. There, there was that. nobody you could really say did their job to the the level you'd expect today. I didn't think, as I, I say, Ta- Tanner for me, I thought probably performed to what I expect, and maybe Max as well to a degree. Yeah, I think but Viner, the others I just Viner, felt 
finer Fine. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, and Zach was a five. So maybe, I mean, that would be three in a row for Zach if that was the case. But <laughs> but I'll let you you boys give a oh, name God. in this. Well, T- Tanner's that was Tanner's best performance this season, probably wasn't it? In terms of, um, I think his ratings. I don't know if the club did a club actually do a rating when we haven't played well. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, let's give it to Mac. Let's give it to uh, Zach then. Just right. Okay. Just because we so we can get a hat. Well, trick just so way. yeah, he gets a hat trick, and hopefully <laughs> that might also then prompt us into. Um, get, if we give if we give him man of the match, Matt, that'll get him a new contract. He, yeah. There you go. Sorted. Can I can I just say? Can you remember a few years ago with Zach though that he was he he got a bit of heat off the fans. Oh mate, did. last year, yeah. start of last season, yeah, year, year before year before that, I reckon I thought outstanding last year. Mm. Um, I even spoke to my friend Russell Martin, and he he was at Swansea, and he was you know he asked about him, and I said I actually thought he'd be make a really good midfielder because at the time he was under a bit of heat. Yeah, he was going to play yeah. midfield. Yeah, and um, I said I really like his feet, and I literally said to him at the time, I said I just feel with him that he's got some in there, and he will, he will, he will come through. But he seemed under pressure, and that might be yeah. a fan thing as well. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. he's been outstanding, outstanding. Yeah. I think he's a pleasure to watch as well. Yeah, real good. Though. And and, yeah, and good. I know it's just, it's a Bristol City podcast, but again, Russell Martin goes into Southampton, who had the season that they had last year, has got a clear playing style and an identity and Southampton are playing exactly the way that Swansea did. Yeah, a lot, a lot of possession and still I think probably the difference is they've got better quality up top that means they're then getting the goals that probably Swansea weren't from that. But Southampton fans are raving about the football they're watching. Swansea yeah. fans used to talk about it all the time and and yet we're served out then and, and that's not me calling for Nigel Pearson's head or anything like that at all. But we've got the players we've got have got a show better than that today. And that, I don't know if you noticed, I didn't see Nigel Pearson get up into the technical area once today. Yeah, not a single time. Him. Yeah, I did did not see him other than, I think when the substitutions got made and he got up to kind of, you know, that, mm. I didn't see him doing any kind of coaching or, you know, um, encouragement from the, the, the dugout today. And I, I don't know, I, you don't always see that game. from him, but I get, I get uh, your point. Yeah, you just felt that whole the whole game felt like that today, didn't it? Yeah. Um, did you? I, I don't don't want to ask really, but did you rate Nigel Pearson? Four. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. if you are listening, Nigel Pearson, happy sixtieth birthday for Monday, um, and also happy twentieth birthday to Alex Scott, and we wish you both well. Uh, so we go to Hull, Matt, on Friday. Um, you me. say you say we say we as in the club. <laughs> ah, right, okay. <laughs> um, go to Hull on Friday. Where, yeah. blame me. How do, I, I assume we'll line up in the same in the same manner for two three one or four three three as Nigel calls it. Um, assuming Vyman is available, where, how do you line up for that? So as I said, I I would bring, bring in bring in bring, the, bring in the, the Dicky roll. Roberts in for Pring. Um, Naismith in for Williams, and I would go Vyman down the middle with Sykes right and Sam Bell left. And Wells um, up top. Oh, no, well, sorry. No, no, no. Vyman. Yeah, no, like that, yeah. Um, okay. And what? So Knight? But, so Knight. And Knight, yeah, in the, yeah, middle, in the with, middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, who, who knows in terms of if they can do any recruitment? Um, you know, if, if they've got targets that they're looking at, then, you know, maybe. But it, I'd like to think Nigel Pearson's trying to throw 
clubs off the scent and things like that because he he's, he seems to be pretty dour on the idea of us actually signing players because of where we are in terms of our wage structure and, and what it means from a wage point of view but I don't know I, I find it hard to believe with the salaries that we've got rid of the players that have come in I can't imagine on anywhere like well in fact I was going to say I know I don't know but obviously they've gone to trying to have a much greater parity from a, a wage structure so the likes of Jay De Silva Casey Palmer last season I know he went early but Thomas Callas you would think would free a free a bit more sort of wriggle room now wouldn't you but I don't know mm. okay. and the Callas one's interesting patching it because there's well, a bit of, a, a bit of noise tonight going around there that um Callas said, well, he's been offered a year. I think that that's what was known, wasn't it? That was the terms that he was offered on a lot of money. So mm. whether that's someone re-reporting that, well, the but fact yeah, there was a, a bit of talk been, about him. Yeah, not, he obviously didn't go to Austria, hasn't been involved no. in any preseason. Yeah, I assume he's been keeping fit, but he's yeah. not going to hit the ground running, even if he does sign a, a one-year a one-year deal. Obviously, so same, for, same for um, Han Noah, though. Han Noah's not yeah. signed anyway yet, has he? Yeah, it's a bit odd. Old, very strange. Yeah, very strange. Um, obviously, uh, Joe is the sponsor of Robins Reunited, was on episode one, and Joe, now we've got I think we're up to about episode 25, so it's been going really well. I know you've listened to most of them, and uh yeah, it's been an enjoyable journey, hasn't it? Yeah, really enjoy it. Love all the stories of the different get the get the flashbacks, don't you? Different eras as well. Um, different perspective of what was going on at certain times in the club. It's yeah, it's been really good. In fact, would you read you a few more, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Leaning and Scott has been in the pipeline for many months, and we're just trying to get that get that sorted and get that time aligned. Um, and yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm hoping to do a, a non-player one soon. Uh, the the the, uh, the Roger and Richard podcast, Rich uh, Roger Malone and Richard Latham, uh, some stories from the past with them, and also Steve Scott and Angus Scott is another one. So yeah. uh, I know it's not players, but um, yeah, there, there's um, plenty of players. Talking, ones talking today about the wingers getting to the byline. Did you ever get what about Greg Goodrich? Did you ever make contact with him? No, I've not oh, managed to get I, hold of Greg. I, I bet he would be a good one, yeah. Yeah, gr- yeah. Well, good, Goodridge and uh, Akinbai, or Goodridge and Gota, or you know. Yeah, they were they but he was one. He sort of passed people and whip a ball in, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, well, what a debut he had as well. Um, and and one other thing, uh, obviously, not many people will know this, but Joe, you're a big part of the former players' association and also a big part of the Ashton Gate Eight celebrations for the 40th yeah. anniversary. So, uh, and I know that. Yeah, obviously you've been a City fan since you were probably five, same as me. And uh, the you took the, me down that patch, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Take you down, <laughs> take you down the front of the dolman, buy some fish and chips and a pasty. Um, but yeah. but uh, the history of Bristol City means a lot to you, and I just wanted to make sure that people were aware of that and what we're doing with the former players' association now. I know you really, really like it. I I just think it's been fantastic. I think there's. I thought I thought the years have been going down there since I retired. There was definitely a a gap, not necessarily a divide, but um between like the, the fans and almost the club. And I think that's been brought back together. And since all the effort's gone in, you see a lot of the older boys down there, the interaction they have. And don't forget, and the support of the club, because the club's made it happen yeah. as well. More people like yourself, um, others behind the scenes, which has been brilliant, but also the yeah. club as well. And I think they appreciate it. I just think the whole 
it's got a real good feel factor to it. And um, and it's been a pleasure to be part of. Uh, Ashton Gate 8 celebration is something we'll live with, you know, forever. And anyone was lucky enough to attend um, would will say the same. And and other other events we've done, it's um it's really yeah, it's really I think we've got something really special there and special people and and I, I yeah, I think everyone appreciates it. Brilliant. Yeah, good words. Matt, um we roll on to Hull. So uh, we have we to. Do. Yeah. We don't really don't really don't know what we're go- what to expect from from that game. To be honest, well, I think I think they did they did I say they beat Blackburn two one away today. So mm. you know they're they're on a bit of a a decent run, and it's ne- it's never an easy ground to go to Hull. Um, Fit, I mean, I what, guess, physically, <laughs> well, there's that as well. But I, so I go, and and I mean, it does come back to someone was talking about this because I said. I'll be leaving sort of lunchtime, um, and surely the Christ that the football the fixtures have to look at what mm-hmm. that does that mean from a travelling distance point of view, and for fans to have to travel. I suppose you could argue, actually, Hull on a Friday night rather than three o'clock on a Saturday means you haven't got to get up at stupid o'clock. But you've got you to get home. You're getting home at stupid o'clock with no doubt loads of road closures. But someone was saying, um, oh, Southampton playing. Sunderland maybe and the coaches have got to leave at like four o'clock in the morning and you're like that's just that's just not right is it from a, a fixture point of view they ought to be able to look at it and go if it's, a, if it's greater than 200 miles then that has to be on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock end of story you know it's yeah yeah. Okay, good stuff. Well, don't forget to um, follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. Joe, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Dan. Joe. Good to see you, pal. And uh, we'll be back Dan. soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Show me just what a I don't